Capcom presents. This little Red Riding Hood's got a basket full of kickass. They accept all my imperfections. Sorry for the disconnection, but here's all the missing sections. You know, Mega Brand came equipped with weapons. I don't mean Smith and Wesson's, but the gun smoke will choke ya. We do it for the culture. Lights of the round controllers up in holsters. It's a beautiful world. I'm smelling everything. Take flight and soar on legendary wings. No swagger from Mike Hagger. Wrestler turned mega, turned teacher, turned rapper with mad gear. Leveled up from last year. Trust me, it's time. Dynamite from the third strike, the final fight. So I'm gonna stay locked in since 83, way past 2010. You never heard of this live ass, the Capcom Unity Podcast. So I'm gonna stay locked in since 83, past 2K10. You never heard of this live ass, the Capcom Unity Podcast. Very good. Welcome, guys. This is episode 14 of the official Capcom Unity. Is it the official Capcom Unity podcast or the Capcom Unity official podcast? I think it's official Capcom Unity podcast. Which has the better acronym? I think it should just be Capcom Podcast. Cap. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, I am Greg Aman. Uh, why don't we. I'm Yuri. Take it from there. Uh, I am also Greg Aman, strangely enough. Got wow. double Gregor Man. I don't know how this happened, but Gregor Man X a special treat. I've actually dubbed a second track of me talking yep. to the and me. Um, big mix up at the hospital. <laughs> uh, this is Brelston. Very good. Um, so yeah, uh, th- we're actually recording this episode uh, a bit earlier gonna, than we normally would. You're tell them how the donuts are made. The <laughs> well, it's important because. We won't be able to talk about news in the same way, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe we can. So Bre- Brett's at TGS. Straight, yeah, I am right and now. I'm I'm insanely jealous because we went we went two years ago. We, it was great. It was That's fine. Why I'm jealous? Hey, I didn't go. I'm the one. Jealous well, I also one like here. going to Japan in general. You also lived there for four years. I know. I didn't. So That's what makes it so enticing to visit. It is a lot of fun. Um, when we went two years ago, uh, it was there to see, what was it? We had uh, DMC, RE6, Lost Planet 3. They even had X Troopers on display then. Yep. And Monster Hunter 4, which had yes, 100 four. freaking 3DS kiosks. Yep. And, uh, and, a, and a feline tank recreated. And speaking wow. today from the future, later, uh, 4, 4G has a huge, uh, similarly huge... Uh, presence on the booth as well um, in this year's booth which yes. uh, two years later so this year we'll be showing uh revelations 2 which is newly announced nice. uh we've got a uh, return or yeah. resident evil or remake or re-remake however you want to call it that's going to be there along with some cool photo ops and cool uh uh what is it paraphernalia that works uh, things to look at mm-hmm. and interact <laughs> with I think Contraband is the uh, preferred <laughs> nomenclature. How is there not a Contra cover band called Contraband? <laughs> it's uh, just man. occurred to me. Maybe there is. I don't know. There might be, Have actually. you scoured the four corners of the globe? I did, but this was, it was like 2004, <laughs> so I... Prob- I think there is one now. He's done that. Surely, right. surely yeah, by now. Should. should be. So, do you know how the weather's supposed to be this year, Tokyo, from where you are right now? Humid and ghastly <laughs> and the worst. It is still the worst. Because, like, two years ago, it was, it, was the wor- it was exactly what you just described. But the Lost Planet 3 area? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was lovely. They it was had, the it was only a... air-conditioned room 
there's like this giant indoor like cool blue like low lighting yep. and like air conditioning it was it reminded awesome. me a lot of uh this would be very specific EDN3. reference so uh, it reminded me rather of a certain lost planet no it reminded me rather <laughs> of if uh, if any of y'all know St. Louis Missouri uh right outside there in Eureka you got uh, uh Six Flags St. Louis oh very uh, good but in 1997 they released their Mr. Freeze roller coaster uh, it's a great, it's a great coaster based on the Batman and Robin movie, uh, but it's actually a really good coaster, uh, really fun. But anyone who's ever in that area, uh, the similarly hot, similarly humid, gross summers, the Mister Freeze one was air conditioned, and it was like I don't care how long the line is because it's a brief respite from the crushing death humidity mm-hmm. of the Midwest. Uh, so that's. Standing in that Lost Planet thing in TGS, I was like, man, I probably said, hey, Greg, this is like Mr. Freeze, this uh, this roller coaster in St. Louis. I do vaguely <laughs> remember you mentioning Mr. Freeze. Yeah. That's why. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense now. Yeah. It's no more interesting now than it was then. No. But, uh, but, you know, maybe someone listening lives within 3,000 miles of that. And <laughs> uh, we also had Ace Attorney 5, Dual Destinies. Uh, the last... courtroom recreated. Oh, yeah. The... Oh, with the there was so much right, in 2012. Blown up thing. And DMC was there with like people, like the demo gals were dressed like cat, and, <laughs> and the kiosks were all uneven, like how the levels like ter- oh terrain, yeah, terrain it was like pops the, 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 uh, the the malice level. mechanic. Also, because Capcom publishes Rockstar's games in Japan, uh, there was a huge Max Payne three. Booth. Oh yeah, that's right. Which is still super bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, is there news that you know of that will be announced by? the time that this goes up uh, as far as resident evil goes uh i think a lot of our big beats uh kind of came out before the show mm. so claire moira um will be showing some gameplay uh from their tgs show floor mm-hmm. demo i think uh people get their hands on it um uh, play a little piece of it um yeah that's, yeah, that's kind of for well, we, we kind of uh, we kind of got the, the we kind of got the big news out of the way first so that yeah people got there they would understand and the other important aspect of that is this episodic delivery which is much like Revs 1, which each each time the chapter ended, it was like a TV show, and it ended in a cliffhanger, yeah. and with the, the, the Lost-style 17 violins. <laughs> and then next time. And yeah, then... it's funny. Like the, the episodic format is kind of taking off now, and it kind of fell right in our laps. Like A lot of our games were already episodic uh, in, in structure, just not in delivery methods. So now it's kind of like... Yeah. So then... And then even chapters would begin with previously on Resident Evil Revelations, and it would recap yeah. it like a show. So yep. it was like, okay, well, the evolution of that is well, if you actually do it episodic. Um, so Revs 2, will, uh, when it first arrives, it'll be these weekly four, four episodes that'll be weekly, each one being five ninety nine. So you can buy them individually that way. But then as, they, as that wraps up, there'll be like a complete digital, like buy them all now digitally, which is twenty four ninety nine. But that comes with extra content, not not just those four episodes. So even though when you look at those prices, it looks like you're getting no discount. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, 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 there's extra stuff that we have not talked about yet because this is how marketing campaigns work. <laughs> that it is. You have, to, you have to wait. I don't like waiting either. But otherwise, the, the, the flip side is you don't announce anything until like the week before the game comes out. And then you're like, wait, what's this game? Oh, it's out. Like, and nobody wants that. Like, true. Marketers don't want that. Retailers don't want that. And as a fan, I don't want that either. Like, I don't want to, like, know some huge game is out mm-hmm. now and I didn't even know it existed. Like, it just... Didn't have time to plan for it. Yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, like, you have no way to budget money. If that's if that's an issue, you have no way to, like, budget mind share of, like, well, I was really thinking about this other this other game, and now this thing just showed up in my lap. Yeah. But anyway, then there's the retail disc after that. 
um, around the same time. So it's not like you're going to have to wait two or five or six months for the disc. It's very, very close. It's like right there at the end, I believe. Um, and that has even more stuff that's not in even the digital collection. So there's mm -hmm. a, yeah, you can wait a month-ish uh, to get the disc, but you're getting stuff uh, in compensation, kind of like the price and the, what you get in the package all kind of balance out. Um, and the the main, I think, the main benefit to to participating in, in the episodic content, though, what would you say? Like, is, is it being part of that conversation of, like, a yeah. week of speculation between yeah. episode one and two? I mean, yeah, it is, like, I mean, as you can see from Claire and Moira being in it, like, there is, like, you know, a lot of, like, fan favorite references here. Like, Claire is in it. Moira is Barry's daughter. Mm. So that already is, like, got you, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So you're, now you're wondering, <laughs> like, what's going on? And then it's like, well, who kidnapped them? Who brought them to this place? And. Right. So each week's going to end with this little extra twist. And, like, I think it's kind of a fun experiment. You get to see for a month, like, RE fans, like, speculate and guess instead of, like, someone plowing through the game all in one day, putting it all on YouTube. Right, And right. now it's like, well, now the whole game just kind of, like, it's all out there. Like, in this yeah. way, um, theoretically, everyone has to see it at the same speed. And then the right. final the final twist is kind of revealed. I know that makes it so that anyone waiting for the disc is going to have to just watch this play out. But then, I mean, you're in the same boat as people who play Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us, or or even watch Breaking Bad on Netflix. Like yeah, or yeah, watch <laughs> things on Netflix. It's like this is how this is the world now. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes digital stuff, it's it's faster and easier to get things to you digitally and cheaper. So that's why sometimes <laughs> you'll see things there faster, quicker, and then the physical one that has to be manufactured. I've gone, yeah, almost 100% digital in the last yeah. year and a half. I bought, I'll buy Zelda games physically, and then I will buy... You want me to hit pause, or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, I'm genuinely, like, what was the last thing? Uh, I bought Bravely Default uh -huh. physically for some reason, I don't... Uh, I think just to kind of spare the size of that game on the card that I have, yeah. but um, it would have fit. Like like having digitally right now, uh, all 2013 had Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate yeah. on 3DS along with Animal Crossing. Right. Like both of those on the same machine digitally, it's like bounced from one to the other. So the whole summer was like, who's in the room? You have one of these two games. Right, <laughs> like, right, we're right. We're playing one of these two. Uh, and that was great. Being And then having like SMT4 in the card slot. And it's like, yeah. I have so many games at my disposal right now. And you get a, a get to a point in your collection where it starts to weigh you down, like a physical collection. Like yeah. I, I mailed something like I don't know, like three hundred, four hundred games from Japan back <laughs> to the states when I moved back. Oh my god! And I still like it's still in my head that like sometimes I'll be like, man, it would be cool to like live in in Europe for a year or something. But it's, I'll be like, well, but what am I gonna do with all my stuff? Yeah, <laughs> that should not be holding you back from doing from like, doing things, awesome things. Yeah. And I've definitely, like, I mean, I was in the same boat. Like, I collection, I have this massive stash. Like, I still have my NES games from the 80s being a kid. Like, NES, Game Boy, like, all this stuff. I have all of it. Yeah. So then when you start adding, like, well, now I still have all my Super Nintendo games and all my Genesis games and all my Game Boy, Game Gear, Jaguar, Sega CD, PS1, N60. Like, it just becomes this unwieldy thing. So when I moved yeah. to California, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but still did it like over the course of a year slowly like drove or flew out all my games and then by the time i get here now the last two or three months i've probably gotten rid of given to goodwill or sold on ebay like two or three hundred games just wow. like get like get out. don't don't need it and i try to think of an example where it's like 
I love having this collection. So like NES, Super NES, I'm never getting rid of any of that stuff because that's like, that's what really carries a lot of emotional weight. So people for like if PS1 or N64 was your like real introduction to games, I totally get why that's your area where you're like, I can't get rid of this. This is the stuff. Right. But like PS2, GameCube era, I start to lose a little of the, like this is irreplaceable. 360, PS3, Wii era, mm. Mm, almost, I'm, I'm almost at that breaking point of like, I need like four of these. The, re- <laughs> the rest of them, like, look, I love almost all these games. Like, right. I, I will never play this again. You know, I'm not yeah. going to even lie to myself. And that brings us quite smoothly to the main topic. Of the- <laughs> Luckily, we didn't get much time to prepare for the main topic this week, so it's good that we had this top-heavy intro. It's almost like the long couch gag in uh, The Simpsons. Ah, yes. Maybe the long couch gag. You know, they've got, they're short on jokes. So the Yes, that's the one. That is the longest couch gag, at least until like recent seasons. I think it's so, season five? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Might be five. We're derailing the podcast. Yes. Fine, it's fine. All of this will be cut. Uh, yes, main topic this week is Capcom one-offs, uh, which, of course, means a thing that only happened once. One's off. One's off. Oh, man. The other I, was, way to... I was rejoicing the fact that Greg didn't go with that I joke. I really I wanted like, to. I was like, I d- yeah, it's, Brett the enabler. Fine. It's not even <laughs> I a am joke. a huge it's enabler. Like, <laughs> I was clenching my buttocks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, Capcom's made a lot of games. We've been around over Can 30 years. Can you verify years. that somehow, like, fact check You could statement. use Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's a lot of games. We have a lot of, quote, franchises, but also a lot of uh, games that were just one-offs, you know, weird experiments or, uh, you know, things that either didn't take off so they didn't make another one or things that... Uh, or envisioned or, as one. Or envisioned right? as one, yes. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that's sort of a, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I think uh, it raises the question, because people, we see this every day, people are constantly asking for sequels to stuff, including stuff that didn't do well to begin with, uh, yeah. and I always just, so, well, not always, sometimes there's an obvious game that could use a sequel, or that there there may even be a sequel coming, and it's just not announced, or it is announced, and they just didn't know, like, people begging for a Dino Crisis 3. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've got good and bad news for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, the one that always gets me is people always ask for a God Hand 2. Yeah. And I'm, like, one of the biggest God Hand fans, I think, that ever roamed the Earth. But um, I feel like God Hand is, like, it's, like, practically a skinless game, you know? It's, like, they have these fun mechanics, and... It's, like, goofy, but all of the cosmetic stuff in that game is just kind of, like, slapped on, you know, as a joke. You know, because mm. you have to have something. Like, right. it, ha- you get it has the, to look a certain Here's way. a guy who's Elvis. Here's a guy who's Power yeah. Rangers. Like, And it's, like, obviously it didn't perform that well, you know. Although you can buy it on PSN, weirdly. It's a $10 yeah. download as a PS2 classic. So do that. But... I would argue that what we don't need is a god hand too. What we do need is for those specific designers to continue the spirit of god hand and other stuff that people will buy. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's like I think the magic of god hand is is under the hood, and you're already seeing that same magic in stuff like Revengeance, that new Legend of Korra game. 
So, yeah, sometimes I feel like a sequel is not particularly justified or needed. The, the other thing with God Hand is, like, I feel like it's kind of evergreen just by virtue of it being super fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in action games, like, it is it is fun that is its own replay value, you know? Like, I still play Devil May Cry 3. It's not like I'm tr- still trying to unlock costumes. Yeah, <laughs> and then, I mean, like, character-wise, like, because I don't know God Hand well enough, uh, how is Gene different from Dante, like, personality-wise. Uh, well, this thing is he's just like an archetype, you know? Right. He's just like the cocky, like, huh, right. bingo, which, jackpot, slam dunk. Right, huh. which, huh. Which, is, which is what Dante does. Right. I he mean, that was of, like uh, he is half our character, isn't it? <laughs> he is afraid of Olivia, though, where Dante, I think, would try to sweet-talk women. He's like, he would, like, shoot uh, Trish a bunch of times <laughs> yeah. with his guns. Time to go to work, guys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's the main difference. Anyway, so well, that's are, the show. What are some other games that only happen once, guys? Well, my go-to one here is kind of from the same wheelhouse, which is PN3 or PN03 or Product Number Three. Oh yeah, uh, which we did a stream of a year or so ago. For, also for GameCube. Um, also. For for the GameCube. Only um, for GameCube. Only, and yeah. never will it ever be for anything It else. will not happen anymore. <laughs> well, uh, don't quote us on that, though. You never know. Yeah, never I'm not saying this from some authoritative yes. position, but it is like, like can we all agree that this game's not going to come yeah. anywhere? Even though I think Vanessa Schneider is a really cool... That char- game is super cool. The game is cool. The, game, the character design is cool. Uh, I actually reviewed it, when it uh, not right when it came out, but uh, about a year or two after it did, hmm. um, because when we were filling the database for our website... Uh, for Future, who publishes, well, we did Games Radar at the time, and then they also published OXM, which is gone now, and PSM, which is gone now, and Official PlayStation Magazine, which is gone now, mm. and Nintendo Power, which is gone now. And <laughs> so uh, wow. I worked there for six years, though, so it was, uh, it was a good time. But um, I reviewed PN3, and I even, I even gave it a six, because I'm like, look, if I'm just looking at this as like, there's a lot wrong with this game. And it's a hard, it's a hard sell to get into, and when you hand someone this game it's like no it's all about this agility this really nimble uh like dance character who's gonna like dance lasers at people you're like oh okay so this should be a really nimble agile character with some fluid controls and i'm gonna have it's like no 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 no. you have to much like like you've said greg many japanese games including god handed like there's a way you're supposed to be playing this yeah and if you resist that you will not like this game yeah you have Um, to know how to play it for it to be fun yeah, and which in hindsight, I, I didn't really have that <laughs> thought process at the time. I would have maybe bumped the game up a little bit because it was like, I have found, it's that weird thing where you try to do that objectivity thing of a review score where you're like, look, I bothered to put in this time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm telling you the text of the review, which is the most important part. Yeah, I hate numbers. Yeah, I, it's like, yeah, you, you have to give the number, which is irritating. But uh, the text is like, look, I, I love... All the unlockables. I love how the rooms are randomized. I love this sterile, stark visual uh, yeah. aesthetics to the game. But it resists you at every turn. It's really hard to get into. And uh, it's it's very specific. And it can get really repetitive. But, like, if that's kind of what you're into, then mm-hmm. then this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And as a one-off, I just thought it, it's much like Godhand. It's this really weird, quirky... It's kind of sadly devoid of personality. It's super just... 
space people. Like, there's no... <laughs> the enemies are really kind of bland robots. Vanessa's the most striking thing in the game, and just the, the mocap for her dancing and gyrating is, like, the star of the game. Yeah. Um, right. But, like, it's it's really fun, and I really sunk my teeth in it and lo- unlocked all these costumes, and I, I have a great time playing it. But uh, it's one of those games that, like like God Hand, I'm like, yeah, this, this was it. They're... While I think Vanessa would be like a great fit for something like Marvel, and so would Gene, mm. they would both fit in well there because they don't they don't need another game. Like this was the this was the thing this was the idea that the creators had, right? And rather than yeah. make them no do another one, it's like let them go make something else because mm. if they didn't, you would have got a PNO four and not God Hand. And that yeah, I mean I, that's the thing is like you could ultimately I I play a game like PNO three and I feel like this was born out of uh like a an abstract feeling they were trying to capture. If you watch how people play it, it's like this very passive, like you just stand and mm-hmm. and shoot at a thing, and, which is just holding down a button, right? Or you have to mash the you button. You eventually whatever. unlock that, yeah. And you're just standing and shooting, and she's like rocking out to her headphones, right? And yeah. you're just standing there, and then once in a while they'll shoot, and that's like the only time you really move. Yeah. You, on- you just stand and shoot unless you're dodging or like advancing to the next thing. It's almost like uh, that was where the game was born is this like f- the feeling they wanted to grab of uh, a game where you move as little as possible yeah. you know it um, is a game I think I've said this before but it's about stylish def- defense mm-hmm. not offense it's like so yeah it's like they were just like checking out an Aikido match or something like what if we made this into a space shooter <laughs> you, know? you just stand there until someone and you just like respond to aggressive yeah action. It's fun though. I, cool. I I like it. It's I mean, sadly not available anywhere digitally, so yeah. you have to find it. And then you know, people talk about how Vanquish is like sort of a spiritual successor, but in terms of that abstract feeling, I think they're completely different games. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a game that's like Piano Three. No. So uh, you know, I don't want to t- I don't want to get into Killer Seven too much because I feel like I constantly rant and rave about this game on, including on podcasts and also on streams, and we'll probably end up doing a Killer Seven episode at some point. <laughs> but uh, that's a one-off, and I feel like that's definitely one that is fine as just being a one-off. You know, I think yeah. he, he designed that to be a singular work, and there is a Killer Eight in Killer Seven when <laughs> you beat the game. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what, how, what's the approach that you take, uh, say, if you wanted to do to make a sequel, Piano 3, would it be Piano 4 and then Killer 7? Would it be Killer 8? Like, well, uh, that, it, it generates some sort of, uh, I wouldn't say confusion, but I mean, maybe, the, maybe a, a marketing challenge there, right? These yeah. are both weird examples because they both have numbers in them. Yeah, yeah, no, Is that's, that that's exactly the question. Yeah. Though. Like, how do you make a sequel to a title that ends with a number? That oh. is not one or... Three, uh, two, I guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, because you couldn't be like Killer Seven Two. Yeah. Well, um, you, well I, mean, I mean, Final Fantasy Ten. I'm gonna say Square kind of blazed <laughs> blazed that trail for us, so uh, I guess we but, could do Killer Seven Two. But that's that's uh, like kind 14. of a separate thing because in Final <laughs> Fantasy Ten Two, Ten is actually the like the Roman number of yeah. the installment, oh, whereas yeah. Killer Seven is just referring to the seven characters. Uh, I would just call it. Killers Seven, I think. I mean, you. Um, well, uh, uh, presumably <laughs> it would be a different character, a different, you know, whether it was this personality thing again or not. You'd just name it like based on the number of personalities or 
you'd derive you some other number from it. Like it wouldn't be killer eight or nine; it might be like killer fifty or killer oceans right. twelve. Yeah, I would uh, just that's, well, that's that's part of that's one of the. I would probably just call it a completely different name. And yeah, expect, that's and expect the fans of Killer Seven to get that. It's that's a, true. Huh. Or yeah. something like that. It's not like you're cashing in on the huge brand recognition of Killer Seven. It's true. But I think I think the uh, Oceans movie is, is a good parallel. Oceans Eleven, Oceans Twelve. Did it go cr- to Oceans Thirteen as well? Yes, it did. Yeah, okay. I kind of cringe at that as a formula, though. You know, it just seems so. Oh, you know what they did in Brazil? Because they yeah. often change the titles. The uh, the title Oceans Eleven was uh, changed to, and then here I'm translating directly to English: uh, Eleven Men and One Secret. Mm. Oceans Twelve was Eleven Men and Another Secret. Mm. Oceans Thirteen. Eleven men and yet another secret. <laughs> wow, wow! I still so, know what you did last summer. <laughs> exactly. What about uh, the? God, I had it. What about the Killer Seven Strike Back, <laughs> <laughs> and then Return of the Killer Seven, and then Killer Seven and Robin? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, couple Killer weeks Seven ago, Eleven. Oh. <laughs> Here's a weird. Guys, I've regretted it for a product tie-in for that game. On the on the topic of Best Buy. Oh, my God. Not 7-Eleven. Fine. That's the joke. So on the topic of games that end with numbers in the titles, here's a weird one. A couple weeks ago now, at the time that you will be hearing this, Street Fighter 2010 colon The Final Fight uh, came out on the 3DS eShop. It will be coming to Wii U also. And this is a weird one because it's technically part of the Street Fighter IP. Or the Final Fight IP, I'm not really <laughs> sure. Are those the same? I don't really even know. I mean, they're the same world. But uh, it's hard to it's hard to believe that that's actually a Street Fighter game. And I kind of think of it as a one-off right. in its own right. Well, because you said in Japan, in America, in the Western version, the character is Ken. Yeah. Ken Masters. But then in It was actually Japan, Kevin Stryker in the Japanese version, meaning it had even less to do with Street Fighter to begin yeah. with. However... It was still called 2010 Street Fighter in Japan, <laughs> so it's a head-scratcher, but I feel like it's kind of a NES one-off. Yeah, it basically is, because in, in more ways than one, it's like this gameplay mechanic is also not replicated elsewhere, really. Yeah. Um, it's this Anywhere. weird. It's this weird blend of like sort of Mega Man, but sort of kind of Street Fighter stuff, but then not, and then mixed with like aliens and... That game is super rad, by the way, guys. Like, learn the backflip. It's the best mechanic on the NES. Uh, um, not the pogo jump and duck Not the bionic That's a good one. Bionic arm? Man, Capcom was really on fire. I know. Metal, metal blade. Speaking of which, there's also Codename Viper, which uh, people bring up quite a bit on our Throwback Thursday streams. I, I love it. I missed this one on the NES, but I was just watching some footage. It looks so much like uh, it's Rolling Thunder. It's like Rolling Thunder yeah. or like Elevator Action Returns. It's a straight up yeah. great game. It's uh, a loving homage to Rolling Thunder. So it was a great. <laughs> but it was, it was an NES version, just called Codename Viper, and uh, great box art on that. Too. Good, good, yeah, good box art. I think it was a cover. I don't think it was a Nintendo Power cover. I'm thinking of Vice Project Doom, which was another colon. The cover to that Nintendo Power is a kaleidoscopic color field of a pair of binoculars what the it's, hell am i it, hearing <laughs> yeah if you google a uh, nintendo power vice project doom it's one of the weirdest covers of nintendo power ever bizarre colors like looking at a super zoomed up screenshot of the game but it's like unintelligible like what it's like i think that's a guy on a ladder with some stuff 
Yeah, this is the real deal. Um, by Sammy. Yeah. It is a guy on a oh, ladder. Oh, yes. But it's like a real dude on a ladder. Is this something? A, you like, know, I think oh, I remember this. It's not, like, that's not the game. It's, <laughs> if only you guys could see it. I mean, uh, podcast. Google this. Um, right. But no, Codename Viper was just, I played Rolling Thunder a lot in the arcade. It's this 2D game. If you played the original arcade Shinobi, it's not too far from that, where you're, like, rescuing hostages. You've got a plane on the bottom and a plane up top that you can jump and high jump between. Yeah. And then it's basically that, only it's more of a spy thriller uh, instead of uh, jazzy Capcom music. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good game. I love the sound bite when you when you save dudes, and they go. I don't remember that. It's like the intonation that someone might say thank you with. Very clever. That's uh, Gruntilda from Banjo Kazooie. I can speak. I'm fluent in Banjo Kazooie. (laughs) I can't think of any other uh, NES one-offs we did. I think a lot of those ended up. Turning into yeah beloved um, series. I mean, there's things like it's not well, it sort of is, but Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, this Disney game that based on Disneyland mm. that isn't uh, really tied to any cartoons, but it's Weird. like you go on there's there's a Space Mountain area, there's a Pirates of the Caribbean area, there's a Haunted Mansion area. Um, but yeah, it didn't like there wasn't a Magic Kingdom two or something yeah. like, and it's kind of it was around the same time as like. DuckTales and these other games like getting these huge accolades and then you get you go rent hey it's another Capcom Disney game oh, I gotta try this and you're like mm, this one's not as good <laughs> but uh, it does have really good music so. the, the characters are pretty important yeah, yeah. Uh, but the it, it, it's it's really good music but then also it's just kind of cool in that it is this moment in time of what Disneyland was like in the early 80s so huh. you can kind of see which rides that's kind of like, fun. have persisted through time. And, I mean, at that point, most of those rides were 10, 20 years old anyway, hmm. if not into almost, well, not quite 30. I think 55 is when it opened. But, uh, yeah. yeah, some of them maybe even 30 years old. I think Haunted Mansion and Pirates huh. were, like, among the first. Uh, but, anyway, it was it, it's just kind of weird to play this game that was made that long ago and then go to Disneyland and, like, this stuff is still here. And this stuff wow. was old when the game was made. <laughs> uh, as much time has passed now as, much, as time had passed from when Disneyland opened. And that game came out. Crazy. Damn. Time passes, That's man. Gross. Do you ever think about time? Speaking of thinking about time, uh, uh, wait, hey. So if that's a <laughs> perfect segue. Hijacking uh, Greg's segue over here. So if that's a spinoff, I mean, if that's a one-off, uh, then uh, would Goof Troop on the Super NES, since it didn't have a sequel... Or I mean, is that not because well, it is part of a bigger IP. It's like it's hard because those are like yeah, those are parts of bigger IPs. It's yeah. like that encompasses the whole goofy yeah. uh, empire. But I just like goofy. That's it's fine. a good game. Yes, don't get me wrong. Back to your segue about time. Speaking of time, as we were like <laughs> minutes ago at this point, uh, hey, Ghost Trick, there's a game oh that is God. both a one-off and concerns the concept of time it's so some capacity. Good. And excellent. Game is great, but it's also like, okay, you take Su Takumi, who is everybody's hero and writer, <laughs> creator of uh, Ace Attorney series, which, by the way, we have these weekly blogs going up about Ace Attorney, which is not a one-off, but... Uh, he revealed uh, last week that, um, like, in the 
early, early planning stages. Someone suggested that Ace Attorney, uh, or Phoenix Wright rather, be a hamster. <laughs> so, like, we may have been dangerously close to having a hamster lawyer for man, the main character. Uh, Hamtaro was killing it back then, man. It was, yeah. Oh, wow, that's right. Totally forgot about that. Hamsters, man. Solving uh, mysteries. So, Ghost Trick. Yeah, Ghost Trick. But, you know, it's cool because you have basically the same spirit as the Ace Attorney games. The humor is very akin to Ace Attorney. The music is very akin. Yep. Uh, and it's a, you know, a text-heavy, puzzle-solving game, but it's also a new opportunity to try a lot of new things, introduce new characters. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say... Uh, <laughs> uh, like a new art style, I think was one of the, one of the key all, things, all those you know? beautiful sprites, animation, like it's like yeah. rotoscope, glorious animation. And uh, it, the game plays a lot of trial and error, so there's definitely moments where the the charm is what's driving you forward because you're like, but that's a testament to like how good the writing is. And you talk about like all so many games get tossed around as like this game has the best story and this game has the best story, and it's usually something huge. It's some big game like Last of Us, uh -huh. which. Great characters. Uh -huh. I I, I love. I really wanted to see what happened to these characters as yeah. I played through the game. No doubt about it. But Ghost Trick is this game that you know very rarely will get lumped in with the same category. But that is one of the best video game stories I, I, ever. Yeah. And I would you would play that game and be like, man, this trial and error. Like I know this puzzle, and, I, and a lot. Of, sometimes you're just like, logic is escaping me. I'm just gonna like fiddle with this stuff. Okay, there it worked. Finally, got it. But it's like, I have to see what happens to these characters yeah. because this they are all interweaving and interlocking and there's a past, present going on. And yeah. and then the ending is, to date, one of the best video game endings and, frankly, one of the best endings to any media I've ever watched wow. or consumed. Like, uh, my girlfriend and I beat the game pretty close to each other, like, in the, within a few days. And, man, there wasn't a, there wasn't a dry eye in the house with that ending. Wow. Uh, Powerful endorsement. No no two ways about it. That is one of my favorite game endings. Uh, it is, speaking of Disney, like I've said this before, but like that is the closest a video game has come that I've played anyway to creating that like Disney magic of being a little kid and seeing some story and it being really happy and everything works out, but it doesn't feel like shoehorned and cornball. And as you get older, your cynicism takes a lot away and like this is stupid. But <laughs> uh, it was that brief moment of like, oh, God, this is what it was like to be a kid and like things. <laughs> like, it's it's beautiful, and it's on iOS now. So yeah. so go buy it. And well, and you know, it, it was such a it had a period on the end. You know, yeah, they that's the end. Need to make a ghost trick too. Just make other awesome games. Yep, you know, which they will. on uh hey remember me there's a game that's pretty recent yep. it's like a, not even a year and a half out since it's released but uh i mean so it's hard to say if it's actually a one-off or if it's just a one-off for now but i do think it certainly works as a singular work in the same way it has sort of a period on the end it's uh in so many ways it is a it is a capcom game like even though don't nod developer made it but like it has these things of like this beautiful one-off that has a lot of like mechanics that it wants you to learn and pay attention to yeah. and finished it and was like, that is one of the most enjoyable things I've played last year. And before you're like, Oh, ooh. of course the Capcom guys say that it's like, actually hashtag actually, <laughs> uh, 
the more you work at a company, the less the less likely you are to want to go home and keep playing the things you've had to talk about all day. Right. And Remember Me was a game that I'm like, we don't actually want to see what they did. Yeah. Because yep. it's such a different experience. I plowed through that. And then we... And, and then it's we, like a quarter on Steam right now, so... You know, <laughs> uh, well, that will have ended. It'll have ended. But, but it's frequently a quarter. Yes. So... We Fine. actually, and yeah, like a year after it came out, we did the the full playthrough in French. Ah, we. Oui. Which uh, that's that's ah. always a sign that we genuinely like a thing. So, and there's some parallels too to uh, God Hand um, in terms of the combat, how you can customize and choose your moves from a yeah. selection and put them mm. in specific places of the combo. Uh, so uh, yeah, that and the sort of frantic resource management aspect, where it's like you have. A bunch of different things that each have cooldown times, and yeah. each one is super valuable because it's yeah. like uh, a lot of them will just take out a dude as like a freebie. And yeah. in a game where the combat is all about crowd control, that's like infinitely valuable is taking out a dude. Yep. So if you have two moves that can each take out a dude, but they do both have cooldowns, you need to really like strategize how you're going to take out a dude. Use those things. Yes, <laughs> dude. Real quick, yes. uh, a, a one-off that will almost certainly never be revisited is Auto Modelista, a racing game, uh, and that's really it. Part of a no, it's a cel-shaded racing game that uh, <laughs> I still don't know very little about it. I think I played it once, um, but it does have a really fun soundtrack. I remember this game and another cel-shaded PS2 game named Yanya Kabalista came out. Within, wow. like, the same window. No, not Capcom yet. And that one I don't think is Capcom, so it was super confusing. I was like, wow, is this, like, some weird Easter series that uh, someone's starting? It was, like, the city skating Phoenix game. Wright Pro Barista? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the... Di- Man, they should totally make a barista game. And it, should yeah. be, it should have Capcom combat. I'm sure that's basically what Diner Dash is at this point. I hope so. Yanya... Yeah, and you actually had like one of those tech deck things, like the little Weird. skateboards with your fingers that you put right. on oh, the yes. put on the I the, the, the controller. I don't have any idea how that worked. Wow, crazy! You would like hold the oh, Dual Shock like vertically and put your this skateboard on it. But not our game, anyway. I yeah, want to play that game. It is, Boo you know, that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Like that was such a cool time uh, for Capcom because. Uh, they were experimenting so much, and that is what led to a lot of these one-offs. But um, it's also just like it was, it was like a new frontier, you know? How creative can you get? I yeah. think, uh, Greg, especially that word like experiment is uh, is part of what defines uh, Automotivista as in. Uh, well, because I read uh, recently in an interview with uh, with the Monster Hunter producer uh, Ryuzu Sugimoto, and uh, he said that that project, that team, uh, they were working on on three titles mm. that they viewed as experiments to see which one would really catch on, right? Mm. And so they did Monster Hunter, entirely new IP, in fact, like 10 years ago now. And uh, 10 years ago tomorrow, if you're listening to this yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Which did not really catch on right away, did it? Did not, yes. Uh, also, so it was Monster Hunter, uh, Resident Evil Outbreak, and Automodelista. And the bit wow. with all three of them is that they were all online games on the PS2. Wow. Well, so yeah. that was that team's uh, you know, goal is to create an online game that would catch on and they were focusing on PS2. And Modelista was the one? That's <laughs> 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 why we're playing uh, Modelista G right now. Yeah. <laughs> Modelista Mod- 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 Ultimate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, and of course, uh, like you said, Monster Hunter didn't catch on right away. I think with G um, and then with eventually Portable, that's when it blew up. 
but then uh, it still had this this sort of race going with uh, Resident Evil Outbreak 2, mm. uh, and then but eventually uh, Monster Hunter wins, and uh, that's why we're here now. But Resident Evil lives on with you know the entire rest of that <laughs> humongous yeah. world. There's really plenty, hadn't heard plenty, it. plenty to play. So uh, give us a new IP that eventually becomes something ten years later. And yeah. that, that was that was. Monster I, I wanted I wanted to take a second bring up uh, Steel Battalion as well, which against all odds turned into a franchise. <laughs> but, but that was, I mean, I think that fits right in with that experimental age where they made a game that requires a controller that costs like 230 bucks. But uh, they, they had a multiplayer follow-up online, which uh, by all counts was quite cool. And then there was the Connect uh, game a couple years ago, Steel Battalion Heavy Armor, taking the concept and flipping it on its head. So... Not a one-off, but still a Almost. weird experimental game that we made that could have been a one-off, if not for all those sequels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? So, when we were brainstorming these one-off titles the other day, Brett randomly blurted out a word that wasn't a word <laughs> that made us all scratch our heads. And the word was troubles. Yes. I can't even say it right. Troubles. It's, it's like trouble combined with balls. Yep. Troubles. Yep, and the, the, this is a Game Boy Color game that uh, this is back when I was in retail, and so this transition area of like 2001 through 2003 or four, where like the GBA was out, so Game Boy Color stuff was just getting discounted big time, and like Dreamcast games were getting marked down hugely because it was done, and PS2, GameCube, Xbox were out, so it was just so many games, and there was just this point where I'm like. I'm just going to start buying all of these because they're all a dollar. <laughs> and I bought this game called Trouballs because I'm like, oh, it's Capcom and, you know, I don't I don't care about this at all, but it's a dollar and it's it's going to be such an oddity. And literally, this is the moment I predict, I hoped would happen probably 13 years ago. And I was like, I'm going to buy this just so one day I can tell people about <laughs> it. And it finally happened. Uh, Purge is justified. It's just some dumb puzzle game. Who cares? But, like, the cover is, like, this clip art of, like... <laughs> 1950s black and white like oh oh and he's holding the exploding thing and his hair is popping up but the back of the box <laughs> which I also scanned because this is a time period when I would scan every box I got to scan the front and back purely as an archivist uh, but the back of the box is trouble with troubles <laughs> Star Trek reference so it's already like okay um, but uh, 1,000 levels of stacked multicolored balls attached to strategically placed rotators. Line up four balls of the same color and watch them explode. Sound easy thing again. Troubles will leave you frantic. But then at the bottom, it's like over 100 levels of trouble trouble. <laughs> that's hard. That's already hard to say. And then mind-numbing addictive puzzle <laughs> action, which again is like mind-numbing is never good. <laughs> like I get what they're going for. It's like mind-bending or you know mind-boggling, mind-boggling, but like mind-numbing addictive <laughs> puzzle action. Like it this even will turn uses mind-boggling earlier in the description. This will turn you into a vegetable. <laughs> like let me just. I know I'll get in trouble for this. Do not buy trouble. I think <laughs> <laughs> this may be the most that anyone's ever. Discuss troubles. I would history, love if somehow it's including secretly, the like, team that made it. Yeah, I would love if somehow it's actually like no, this is actually a really good puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, like, I never played it. I I I might have opened it at some. Point. It's probably fine. I wonder it's, if it has like jump canceling and other Capcom tenets. <laughs> I I mean, design. surely there's a bionic arm in there. Is there some kind of swing mechanic, right? There's usually a bionic arm. Yes, aerial combo. <laughs> 
equally mind-numbing is the FMV one-off Fox Hunt, which yeah. came to both PS1 and PC, so you can have it your way. <laughs> <laughs> just YouTube this one, guys. It's kind of beyond description. It's just like yep. someone had a camcorder, so they made it FMV it, uh, Yeah, it's like somebody wanted a ski trip that they could write off, and <laughs> they did. Um, but it's like... It's maybe the most 90s. Like, I lived through the 90s and don't even remember the 90s themselves being that 90s. <laughs> it's like pure undistilled essence of the 90s. Yeah. Like, like all FMV games, I yeah. suppose. It's, it's, a, it's kind of this weird relic when, like, just when you thought FM, like full motion video live action games were done from, like, the Sega CD era popularized them with, like, I mean, Night Trap's one of the most infamous ones, but then also Tomcat Alley or Double Switch, or uh, then you even get into, like, there was a Power Rangers game that just took the first, like, season up to the Green Ranger episode and turned it into one of those games. Wow. Just put button prompts over the episode. And it's, Yeah, I remember that one. Um, but so then, like, it, then those kind of just disappeared because everyone's like, so not only do we have all the problems of game development, we're actually making miniseries on top of it with super low budgets. Like, this is a ton of work. Yeah, and nobody wants to do it, and nobody wants to play these things. So you thought it was over, and then Fox Hunt shows up, and you're like, "They did what?" <laughs> and it was for I don't know how long, but many months. It was the back cover ad on EGM for what I felt like almost a full year, maybe not a full year, but like enough that it stuck with me. Because Capcom for a long time always had the back cover of EGM. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing MVC two there, I remember seeing Alpha three there, and I remember seeing Fox Hunt there. <laughs> So it's right up there with those it's, classics. It's the same quality. Yeah, I would love to it. get my hands on one of those ads just to put up. Uh, I mean, if you grab, if you can just find some EGM from that era, odds are it'll have that on the back. Oh, man. Here we go. Count me in. It's I think at the time, the biggest issue of EGM maybe ever was either this Doom 32X cover or Capcom related, Mutant Apocalypse, the X-Men game. Mm-hmm. Uh, arcade. Or no? No, that's Children no. of the Atom. This oh, is, this okay, is okay. the 2D side-scroller uh, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, game. And that, at the time, I think, was the biggest issue, the thickest issue of EGM ever. I'm done. Very good. Techromancer, <laughs> uh, Cannon Spike, a bunch of Dreamcast stuff. I'm not talking about any of these. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so we had a lot of one-off games. Some didn't do so well, and that's why they're one-offs. Others uh, were just good to go as one-offs, you know? I think it's rare that a game is both good and stays a one-off, just because it either becomes profitable yeah. to make more or uh, not. Because even, <laughs> even one of the most, in, like... For years, it was like Okami is going to be this like mm-hmm. yeah. oh, it's a, another beautiful one off. Oh, we'll get a sequel. It's like, well, we did. Yeah, twenty eleven. It took you know five years, but a sequel showed up. That so it did. It's now not a one off. Not on so, the list. Not on the list. Uh, I would so. mention Zack and Wiki for being a very cute attempt. That is uh, a cute and lovely game. It is because it's also one of those like we're not going to. Capcom had a lot of Wii games that were like ports or. or uh, like RE4 coming on, or R- RE1 and RE0 ports coming over. Or a port uh, of Okami. Or a port of Okami, even. Uh, but then Zack and Wiki was this very thoughtful, like, no, let's use the gestures and the Wii remote and, like, make a game. And it's like, here's this, like, modern point-and-click style thing with really cute graphics and fun stuff. And Wiki before Wikipedia really blew up. So it's <laughs> very, very prophetic. I wonder if there's a Wiki for Zack and Wiki. Oh, I'm sure there is. Sorry. Nice. The Zack and Wiki... Uh, and then Metal Walker, another Game Boy Color game. 
I another, it was another one of those Game Boy Color games I bought, uh, never played. It was still sealed. And then in 2013, we did a on Unity game of the day giveaway every day, pretty much every day. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I finally one day just brought it in. I'm like, you know what? Somebody's getting my sealed Metal Walker that I've had <laughs> wow. since 2001. I hope so that so person is listening right now so uh, that they can nod in approval. Yes, and go like, yes. Excellent. Yes, I do have it. It's still sealed because <laughs> why open it? Uh, very good. So community question. Let's go rewind to two weeks ago when we did our Dead Rising episode with our special guest, David Chrislip. We asked you, what are your thoughts and memories on Dead Rising? What do you like? What don't you like? And where do you want to see the series go? Um, <clears throat> we got some responses. A lot of people weren't big on the time limit. A lot of people were big on the time limit. Uh, for example, DR123, I'm guessing a DR fan, says, uh, unlike many people, I actually really liked how it played with the time-limited save system. It added a sense of dread and challenge that you don't get in many other, game, or in many other games now. Moments when you look at your watch and have to decide whether going for that survivor is worth it because the main mission might run out of time or when you have to stockpile supplies before a psychopath because you're unsure whether or not you'll survive. Fully agree. I, I've been playing through uh, DR2 off the record again lately, and that time limit, like, you grit your teeth, and you curse, and you get mad, but it's also, like, that makes it super rewarding when you actually, like, make something just in the nick of time. Sometimes you have to retry a mission a bunch of times to actually do it, but, uh, God, it gets your blood pumping, and it makes it feel like this is really a world... And a situation that is happening whether I give a damn or not. And it's cool that it's like it, it makes everything you do have weight. If you goofed off too much, you will pay the price. Life goes on. It does. Or in this case, death. User Teaneck says Dead Rising manages to add new things from game to game without neutering the old mechanics. Gross. <laughs> Although photography didn't carry over to some of the Dead Rising series games. Now the game can't have kids. It made <laughs> sense in terms of diversifying the protagonists. It's true. You know, it's like they they kind of went away from the photography thing when they introduced Chuck, but then they were able to introduce uh, a little bit more uh, vehicle stuff and the uh, terrorist reality thing. And then with Nick, they introduced uh, the vehicle combination system because he's a mechanic. So you give a little, you get a little. But, um, yeah, I think, it, you know, I talked about this in my, quote, Zen of Dead Rising think piece, but uh, it, I think they have kind of taken strides to uh, appeal to a broader audience with each one without ever abandoning, like, the the fundamental rules of the series to, the, to where we are now where there's nightmare mode for the people that really just want it the classic way. This week we ask you, tell us about your favorite Capcom one-offs or other one-offs. Uh, what one-offs do you think are most deserving of a sequel? Which ones do you think are perfect as-is and don't need sequels? Let us know in the Capcom Unity official podcast discussion thread or in the blog post where we put this podcast up. Can I add a little uh, yes. bonus fun question to this? Yes. Uh, pick one of these one-offs mm -hmm. and uh, name a sequel to it, but make it funny. I don't know. I'm probably going to do a bad example now, but what if you do, like, God Hand 2, Olivia's Revenge, or something like that? Okay. So, but let that funny. be something something Come up cool. with funny sequel names to games that don't have sequels. Exactly. That's the task. That's the task. Got it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> and that'll see you out episode 14. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here, other guys. And we'll see you on episode 15 in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Oh,